appointment or visit our website at lakewoodhealthsystem.com. Lakewood Health System. Experience life lived well together. Welcome into the morning sports desk on this Tuesday, the 5th of July. Couldn't get the sounder to work this morning, but we pulled, uh, we pulled Corey in anyways here this morning. Oh, hey, how's it going? How's it going? We didn't have the cool intro today, so, uh, okay. can, can you, uh, beat us in? Uh, it's time for sports. Let's talk some sports. It's time for sports with CJ and Corey. All right, perfect. That's all we needed to hear. I feel like I nailed that. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're into it. So, uh, so welcome back, first of all. Thank you. It's good to be back, sort of. You know, sort of, kind of, maybe. It was it was early this morning. Yeah, it's definitely that kind of shock of getting back up. You're probably dreading it the night before. Dread is not the right Dr- word. Dreading having to come in and talk to Dan and me this morning. I'll tell you what, though, I did wake up at one point. Um, not long before my alarm was scheduled to go off. Mm-hmm. And I looked out the window, and I was like, this is creepy. It was so foggy. It was incredibly foggy this morning. I couldn't see about 20 feet in front of me. It was to the point where I was like, oh, boy, is this some sort of like ominous sign to just... Maybe I should send one quick text message and take another day. <laughs> like, man, you know, what's another day at this point, you know? You've already missed so much. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll never, I will never catch up. You, I will never catch up from that break. So you might as well not even try at this point. I agree. It's, to- I totally agree with it's that. It's a fool's errand. <laughs> speaking of uh speaking of a fool's errand, I think uh I think it's the need to uh to point this out uh that happened uh over uh well not even over the weekend, over last night. Okay. High fly right center. Buxton chasing it. Making the catch at the wall. They've got a possible triple play. There's two. Now a throw to first will be a triple play. Byron Buxton catching it at the wall, and there will be three outs at the end of all this. Catch by Buck. And... Uh, I, I mean, that's Dick Bramer calling a triple play yesterday uh, from Byron Buxton as he catches a ball uh, on the warning track yesterday, and the White Sox decided uh, just not to run the bases correctly. Does Does anybody do a better job on the planet than Dick Bramer? Using like exasperation, I don't. Is that the right word for that? He like, just he's the way he, he inflects his voice. Is that what you're trying to? Say? There's a little like when things get weird and he can't believe what he's seen. He delivers whatever that emotion is. He delivers it better than probably anyone. He makes the catch. There's gonna be a triple play. There's yeah. gonna you can there's like gonna be a triple him, play. You can hear him be like, yeah. "Is this gonna be a triple play? This is gonna be a triple play." I can't believe it. he does. He does whatever that emotion is probably better than anyone. Yeah, it's like a, let's say you know it's like Byron Buxton. It's like ball hitting to right center field. Buxton giving chase and he makes the catch. Kind of yeah. that's kind of it's a little. It's a little like sometimes what he does really well. What he does really well is like in that instance. I would get caught up in the in the details of it. Like Buxton makes a great catch at the fence and he gets the out at third and the throw over to first. like I would call each individual thing but he has got such he's able to take a step back from the scene in the moment and go is this going to be a triple play? They got a chance at a triple play here. 
Here it comes. They got a triple play. Can you believe it? He he does a really good job of not getting like bogged down in those details and like <laughs> seeing the big picture of of that moment in the moment. It's really good. He's he, really good at that. The way he calls it those moments is like when you're watching the game in the living room and your buddies in the kitchen making a sandwich and you're like they got a triple play like you're trying to tell them like get over here. They're about to turn on a triple play. Well, and he, it's also what all of us would be doing in that moment, right? But yeah. for whatever reason when we get the opportunity to call something we don't do it because we get so like tunnel visioned. Yeah. But we're sitting at home on the couch going like, wait a minute. Did they run the base paths wrong? Oh my gosh. Hey, you better get in here now. That's going to be a triple player. It's, uh, he's really good at that. He does an awesome job. It helps when you're on TV and like everybody can see what's going on. So he can just more True. give you the gut level reaction. Whereas Provis, like when he's calling it on the radio, has to kind of say like they're going to tag him out at third, or they're going right, to right. Like you have to paint the scene a little bit more. He's so but good still, too. yeah, the twins have been blessed with some great. You go from John Gordon into uh, into Corey Provis. Well, and f- fifty nine years of Dick Bramer, however long he's been doing it, he's been doing it forever. He's been he's been really good. Yeah, there there's a lot of people who get on Bramer's case, and in the age of Twitter, where you can clip. That he'll mistrack a fly ball every once in a while. Sure. Fair. But, like, that's to be, as somebody who's called games, it's really hard to track a fly ball sometimes. And also, <laughs> he probably wasn't looking. Yeah. <laughs> like, in those moments, he probably was having somebody hand something to him. Yeah. Or he had to, he was trying to find a note. Mm-hmm. Or he, uh, he just heard the crack and the people get loud and he looked up and he saw the outfielders jogging toward the spot or whatever. Yeah. He probably didn't even see the ball. He probably has no idea where the ball is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and here's the thing about Bramer. He's never had uh, never had one of those John Sterling situations where he gets the call so wrong where he's just like, well, now, now what did I do wrong? Which is what he had to do right. last fall. Right. Anyway, uh, so I've been saying every once in a while you see some on Twitter, some Facebook, you see some Dick Bramer slander, and you got to put that out real quick because. Uh, oh yeah, anybody who's got Dick Bramer slander is, is wrong. Is wrong. Right now, anyway. He, he might, I mean, whatever. Eventually, he might get too old because everyone eventually gets too old. But then but Vin for, Scully could do it till he was ninety. Well, so. Vin Scully, it's like I mean, that's like comparing people to Michael Jordan. That's just not. <laughs> that's just not fair. Vin Scully's the gold standard. Um, the Twins, it's Tuesday. Twins Tuesday. Twins Tuesday. We're to the number 19 very quickly, 19. CJ. 65 players in Twins Senators history have won the, worn the number 19, which I believe is the biggest number to date. Okay, interesting that it's number 19. Um, well, I mean, it's all, it's just of the first 19 numbers, which includes zero and double zero. So I guess through the first 21 options, 19 is the first kind of big one. Uh, the most current twin to wear number 19 is? Uh, Kirilov. Is Alex Kirilov. That's exactly right. Will you be able to guess who wore it previous to Alex Kirilov? Previous to Alex Kirilov, uh, Darren Mastroianni. Oh, that's a, a good guess. He wore it from 2012 to 2014. But uh, Kenny Vargas wore it before him. Ah, Little Poppy. I forgot about him. But It was in, Little Poppy because he had Little Pop in his bat. But but uh, in between Vargas and Kirilov, Ryan Harper wore it in 2019. Oh, yeah, that guy. I forgot about him. Of he course, didn't, he well, didn't finish out the year. He got DFA'd, I think. He but. sure did. 
Uh, uh, of course, uh, Danny Valencia wore it. The I worst. was a big Danny Valencia fan. That doesn't when, surprise me. When he came out, he his first career home run, home run was a grand slam. Yes. Uh, he was a third baseman. I thought he had potential, and of course he washed out. But <laughs> you know what? That's fine. Uh, the worst pitching name of all time wore the number 19, Grant Balfour. Uh, yeah, that's not good. 01 to uh, 04. And then, I don't know, one other fun name, I guess, was... Uh, Bob Ross wore it in 1950. I it can't confirm whether that's the painter or not. Uh, Seems I mean, unlikely. Have they ever been in the same room together, though? We can't confirm that. That's so, a great point. So, uh, you know, whether we get that right or wrong, I'd like to think it was a happy little accident either way. Thus concludes a Twins Tuesday. You know, we could just spend the whole time doing Bob Ross quotes, but I can't think of too many except for happy little trees and happy accidents. Is that what, that what it is? I, I mean, happy little whatever put in a piece of landscape. Happy little clouds, happy little trees. It was, I remember watching. Happy watched, little river. I remember when I was in college, I had a, uh, like, I never watched Bob Ross before, but I was hanging out in these other kids' dorm and they just were watching it for whatever reason. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there. Because it was college. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there being amazed that how all of a sudden this guy turns a blank canvas, takes a couple things of paint, slaps it on, and all of a sudden it's this beautiful, lush mountain scene. He's so good. So good. Out right. of nowhere. And it's just like the most casual. And he's like, even you can do it too. I'm like, I don't. Absolutely. I, I, I cannot. I love your enthusiasm, Bob, but I cannot. Yeah, I would hang that up in my living room today, what you just did. And mine is going to be kindling for the bonfire later. <laughs> Yours doesn't even get hung up on the fridge next to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. Anyway, so uh, the... Uh, the the Wolves made a big trade over the weekend. Huge and trade. We didn't get a chance to touch on it because it happened Friday afternoon. Uh anyway, the Timberwolves trade Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Or the trade for Rudy Gobert. And in turn they give up Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, and four first round picks. I believe Malik Beasley also. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We lose we lose uh yeah, we lose Malik Beasley. Yeah, and uh and how many picks was it? Four first-round first picks. Um, I believe a couple of them are top five protected, but basically that means the Wolves are trading away their next four first-round picks. Not in consecutive years, by the way, because in the NBA you're not allowed to do that, which doesn't make sense. But it's probably to prevent teams from just giving away first-round That's round probably picks. a Philadelphia 76er rule that came in from the last trust the process. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let me just throw a couple things out there. And then I'll let you respond to them as as you see fit. Okay. So let me throw things out at you. First of all, um, uh, I think that's entirely too much for Rudy Gobert. And yeah. That's uh, that's uh, that's a lot of players. That's a lot of picks. It's entirely too much for a guy who can only play one side of the basketball. Really, he and, and and the one side he does play is magnificent. Now, the caveat to that is. The Timberwolves plan on being good. Yeah. And those for those first round draft picks that they plan on giving up over the next four years or six years, whatever it is, they fully intend on being a playoff team. And those picks are not the most worthwhile picks of all time either. No. So that's my initial gut reaction. I think it was entirely too much for a guy who is a zero on offense. Um, it, it, I, and I have been consistent on that my entire life. Like, I have always been out on Ricky Rubio because the guy can't shoot. 
You can't have a zero. You can't have four offensive players on the floor. At some point, that is going to ding you. But he's so good defensively that it might be kind of fun. Um, this whole thing could be kind of fun. Hold on, hold on. Just I, I'm just going to rattle these things off. This could be kind of fun. Um, no one is big anymore. There are no teams that are big. The Timberwolves are now officially huge in a way that the NBA is not. Like the Boston Celtics were big, but they were all six seven to six ten big. This is seven footer big. This is Tim Robinson, Tim Duncan big, in a, uh, which is interesting. I'll be I'll be fascinated to see if that's like the the wrinkle that exists in the NBA. Are they going to expose something here because everyone can play small now, mm-hmm. or are they going to get run off the floor? I think both are are likely. And then my final question about all of this, or my final point is, um, I know they have Carl, who is one of the best shooters in the entire league. The dude is not what we would call fleet of foot. Who's the shooter on this team? Now, I know Malik Beasley was really streaky, but they do not have, they don't have a shooter. They don't have a shooter. Like just a pure Steve Kerr, Fred Hoiberg, Kyle Korver, JJ Redick shooter. They don't have that. Malik Beasley was kind of that guy. He wasn't great at it, but he was kind of that. Who's going to shoot for this team and who can they run off screens? Um, they tried Carl in the playoffs a few times. I just don't think he's fast enough. Yeah, And now with Gobert on the team, they're going to be able to put a fleeter-footed defender on Carl to chase him around. That's going to be – that's a tough look, I think, for the Timberwolves here, even though there's potentially some a lot of fun to be had. Okay, I'm done with that. Feel free. I've got three minutes here. You can fill in all the blanks that you need to. All right, sounds good. So, uh, on the shooter thing, the Wolves did sign Brian Forbes uh, from San Antonio. They also signed, uh, trying to think of his name, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. He, so, those are kind of those meant to be those 3 and D guys on the wings. Whether they're going to replace that pure shooter role that the Wolves need is yet to be seen. You're also going, you're also expecting another jump from Ant. And if he can become a more offensive player, I know his best work is off the dribble. Uh, and driving to the rim, but he's still, if he can consistently get that three point shot, they'll have something there. I think it's a really interesting look for Carl Anthony Towns to move to the four and not have to be down in the block. Uh, there is the case of does that help him out defensively? Uh, because he doesn't have to guard the post and that's where he got a lot of his fouls, but he also now has to go out more onto the perimeter. We'll see how he does against guarding other fours. Those are a couple questions that have to be answered. Also, it is a lot to give up Gobert. Although, I'm okay with losing Beverly. I love Pat Bev. He didn't play half this season, and he's 33. Yeah. And he's only under contract for one more year. That's fine. Uh, One other thing. I don't like losing Vanderbilt, but Jaden McDaniels, they're expecting to take another step up. Mm -hmm. This is a young team. Like you said, the first-round picks, it stinks because they're your trade chips. They're not as much draft capital as they are trade chips, and the Wolves don't quite have that now for a while, and we'll see what they do. So, yeah, we'll talk about this more throughout the week. But, Corey, before you go, give me your Joey Chestnut takes. Um, Well, first of all, he did it on a broken leg. So I think that's just, if you're going to make a movie. If you're going to make a movie, this guy was somehow able to overcome a broken leg to eat. Hot dogs. To eat a bunch of them. Uh, not even close to his wor- his world record. 
He was a full like 13 off his world record pace. Slouching. But I will say this. He ended up winning by like 20 hot dogs. <laughs> and also, he is getting older. You know, you got to factor that in. He did have a broken leg. He also had to wrestle a protester to the ground. Really? Did, did you see this? I did not. So, uh, I, what, it's what is assumed to be like a, uh, an animal rights activist. Okay. And a, like, uh, I don't know if it was like a Darth Vader mask or a Batman mask or, or something. They didn't glue themselves to the table? No, they came, came up with a sign that said, uh, expose Smithfield's Death Star. And it's kind of assumed, according to the internet anyway, that that is in regards to Smithfield Foods, which is a pork processing company out of Virginia. So that's what the assumption is, is what that's about. Anyway, in the middle of a hot dog, Joey Chestnut choked that dude out and threw him to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Choked the dude out while not choking on a hot dog. And still won by like 20 hot dogs. If you're going to make a movie, this has to be the year, right? That's got to be the one you make the movie on I'm with Joe saying, Chestnut. George Washington, Paul Revere, Benjamin Franklin, Buzz Aldrin, and Neil Armstrong. All-time great Americans, Joey Chestnut. Let's include him now. Joey Chestnut. That's, <laughs> I mean, an American legend, an American icon. Put him on a coin. Put him. Put him <laughs> we're going to put him on the $2 bill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Thomas Jefferson. You're not getting on that $2 bill anytime soon. All right. There goes Corey. He's going to be back a little bit later uh, to talk some sports again. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for uh, Tuesday, the 5th of July. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets. 11 sleep training nights, 9 mediocre middle school recitals, 1 heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, Lecvio. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. 